Welcome into part two of this double episode, Titans Film Radio. I'm Justin Graber, James Esparza with me as always, and hopefully you're just rolling over from part one, so you already know what we're going to talk about. I'm going to bank on that and start this episode. But now the AFC South has two teams that legitimately are fighting for a good wildcard spot. All right, that was Pat McAfee on ESPN GetUp. We will talk about the AFC South playoff picture in one second. First, James, I want to ask you your opinion. Which player do you think is more responsible for the offense's recent success, Ryan Tannehill or Derrick Henry? Uh, Ryan Tannehill. There's no question. Absolutely no, no question. question. Absolutely no None? question. No. Wow. I think there's some question. No, 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 no. The defense doesn't have to account for just quick hitters from Marcus Mariota and Derrick Henry. They have to account for Ryan Tannehill's deep arm, his intermediate passing. Uh, they just have to account for more when it comes to Ryan Tannehill. Uh, this is allowing Derrick Henry to play a lot better than he was playing at the beginning of the season. So to me, uh, if we're going to have the chicken and the egg argument, mm-hmm. it's Ryan Tannehill. I mean, there's definitely an argument to be made for Ryan Tannehill, and I don't mind helping you make it. Uh, I saw in an article written by Adam Shine for NFL.com that the Titans are averaging, or sorry, that Derrick Henry is averaging 120.7 rushing yards per game from weeks 7 through 13. That's with Ryan Tannehill as the starter. Which made me curious, how many rushing yards did he average per game when Marcus Mariota was the starter? Well, from weeks 1 to 6, he averaged 69.3 rushing yards per game. Nice. So, I mean, that's definitely a strong argument for Tannehill. The thing is, Tannehill's not the only change. Taylor Lewan came back, and while he was not great for two games against the Bills and the Broncos, who happened to have great defenses, they he was still getting back into form because he missed the first four weeks, so give him time to get back into regular season form. And uh, the line is gelling a lot better than it was uh, earlier in the season um, when it comes to working together in the run game. And Nate Davis is playing a lot better than he was earlier in the year and better than uh, Jameel Douglas was playing when he had to play. Jack Conklin seems to be really getting back into form. He's been excellent the last few games. So it's tough to say that it's all Ryan Tannehill. I mean, we're still seeing stacked boxes. We're still seeing loaded fronts. And um, Derrick Henry is running through them. Like I mentioned, 953 of his 1140 yards have come after contact. This guy is a monster. And I do think that... Defense is paying attention to Henry could be opening things up for Tannehill. But ultimately, I don't think this is an answerable question. I think the real answer is that they both help each other. Tannehill obviously helps Henry, and Henry obviously helps Tannehill. And they both help the receivers and the offensive line. And that's why we're seeing so much improvement is because you and I talked about this on this very podcast in like week four, five, six time of of the year. We were talking about how the offense was a downward cycling spiral of terrible, how Mariota not hitting open receivers was making the offensive line look worse and the offensive line letting free rushers through was making him look worse and the receivers making Mariota look worse by not being in the right spot and blah, 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 blah. blah. And there's a downward cycle of of terrible. This is the opposite. This is an upward spiral of everyone lifting everyone. And that is how offenses succeed. And that's why the Titans have scored 30 points a game, three games in a row with some help from special teams, touchdowns and pick sixes, but whatever. Um, So I think that's... uh, I don't think there's an argument. There's an argument to be made for both of them, which that that could be argued strongly for each, right? Right. So let's talk about Ryan Tannehill while we're on the subject, because if you guys remember, uh, NFL.com via Ian Rappaport 
published an article earlier this year um, where Tannehill's agent went through every incentive in Ryan Tannehill's contract with Tennessee. So the Dolphins are paying $5 million of Tannehill's contract, and the Titans only paying $2 million base salary. But based on incentives, it can be worth up to $12 million, which would be $5 million more from the Titans. Let's check out those incentives and see what Ryan Tannehill has already hit and what we think he might hit. So the first one is a $250,000 roster bonus. If he's on the active game day roster for 13 games, he can achieve that in this next game if he is on the roster, which obviously he will be the starting quarterback for. He'll get a $100,000 bonus for being named a starter or reserve for the Pro Bowl. I think that's happening. Yeah, I think the NFL has given him enough hype to where uh, they can swing that. Maybe he even gets comeback player of the year. He could. He's in the conversation right now for sure. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo may be leading the pack there, but the Niners lost recently. Recency bias is huge if they don't finish strong down the stretch. And how much is Jimmy Garoppolo really propelling the offense forward? When you look at the stats and you look at what Tannehill's done, Ben Baldwin, at Ben B. Baldwin on Twitter, is an analytics expert, tweets a lot about expected points added. He has a, a stat that combines expected points added with completion percentage above expectation, which if you listen to this show, I've talked about quite a bit. Tannehill leads the league in completion percentage above expectation at 11%. And his combine, combine that with his EPA, expected points added per play, he is leading the NFL now. He just hit the 200 drop back threshold to be in this included in this stat. So he's number one in the NFL right now. And you have guys like Ben Baldwin who have lots of followers on Twitter who are really respected analytics people Talking about how good he is, that's going to help his case, and that's going to put him in the spotlight. You have guys on NFL Network, Good Morning Football, hyping up how well he's been playing, and Deion Sanders calling him after the game, putting him on national TV. Those are big deal. Those are that kind of stuff's a big deal when it comes to Pro Bowl voting. So I think we can count this hundred thousand dollars in the bag for Tannehill. For sure, unless the Titans go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh yeah. So the next one, the next incentive on the list here, Tannehill has incentives for passer rating, uh, for a passer rating for the season, and he has like different levels. So the highest one is a $1 million bonus for a passer rating better than 96.0. Ryan Tannehill's current passer rating on the season, 113.9. He's clearing this by a lot, and it's going to take some really bad games over the next four to bring his average down below 96. So I think we're counting a million dollars in the bag. Cha-ching for Ryan Tannehill. It's really kind of insane to see how well he's been doing. And I think we all kind of expected it to drop off at some point, but he just keeps getting better. There is um, a stipulation on this rating, on this uh, bonus, which is that he has to have a minimum of 224 pass attempts. He currently sits at 176 pass attempts. And if you project that out, through the end of the season, that would put him at 235 on the year. So we'll see. We'll see. He should hit it, and he should get that bonus. The next one is passing yards. If he eclipses 3,000 passing yards, he'll make a million-dollar bonus. I don't think he's getting to 3,000. He currently has 1,602. That's a pace, uh, season pace of 2,136 projected through the end of the year. That's pretty far from 3,000. He'd have to take a huge step up. The lowest one in this category is 2250 passing yards. That's a $500,000 bonus. You think he can hit that? Well, uh, I think he do. I think he's going to have a 400-yard game against the Raiders here. My, 
my speakers are freaking on fire. That take was so yeah. Four hundred yard game against the Raiders. Book it. It roasts me later if it doesn't happen, but I think it's gonna happen. Old. Yeah, if you look at his last five games, in three of those games, he's thrown for under 200 yards. Is that a trend that's going to continue? I guess it depends on how well Derrick Henry does and the offense in general, but the pass defenses that the Titans have upcoming on the schedule, meaning Oakland and Houston, are not great according to pass defense DVOA. So there could be a chance for big games. Maybe your prediction comes true. His next incentive is passing touchdowns. If he gets to 18 He'll get a $250,000 bonus. Now, he could go all the way up to a million with 25 passing touchdowns, but I think that's that's not really in play. But 18's in play. He's currently at 12 passing touchdowns on the season. That's a pace of 16, so we'd have to up his pace a little bit. He's thrown two touchdowns in each of the last three games. If he throws two touchdowns in each of the next four games, he'll easily hit 18, and he'll actually hit 20, which would give him a bonus of $500,000 more. So... $100,000 for each game during the regular season that he participates more than 50% of plays provided his team achieves, this is super interesting, statistical improvements in categories such as touchdowns, total offense, net yards, sacks allowed, etc. compared to the 2016 season. So if he does better, if his offense performs better than Mariota's 2016 offense, he gets uh, he gets $100,000 for each game. <laughs> I'm offended. I'm triggered. Isn't that crazy? They went back to 2016 for this stipulation. It was his best year. I don't know how Ryan Tannehill did in 2016, but I know he's had a few good years in Miami. Now, it wasn't consistent. That's an interesting point because he can also earn this incentive with individual improvements in categories such as touchdown completion percentage etc so i think that's to like let's say he's playing really well but the offense is still not doing well because somebody's fumbling at the goal line every time they get there or something stupid like that i think that's where that would that would cover that and then finally he'll get twenty five thousand dollars per game that the team wins when he participates more than 50 percent of the snaps so he's five and one as a starter that's 125000 right there. He's got four more games left. He could get 100000 more. Now, I want to talk really quickly about how this affects the cap. The way incentives work is incentives are built into the salary cap at the time the deal is signed. And then whatever incentives are not met are returned to the team to be rolled over into the next season. So the Titans will roll over whatever bonuses they don't have to pay Tannehill here. But this is to stop teams from like offering incentives to players that if everyone hit every incentive, then they would be way over the cap. So that's why this is done. So it's all it's all already factored in. There's no need to worry about that. It will affect the rollover, but again, the maximum he can get here is three million dollars, or sorry, is five million more dollars. So it, it's only we're only talking five million dollars that would be lost from rollover if he didn't hit any incentive. But he's already hit two hundred fifty thousand, or he will this weekend. He's probably going to get a hundred thousand. He's probably going to get a million for the passer rating. Probably going to get a passing yardage one. Probably going to get a passing touchdown one. Together, that could be another million. So we're talking two or three million dollars here. Um, and the more games the Titans win, the less money they have next year. But I'm not worried about that at all. I'm rooting for Ryan Tannehill to succeed. I do wonder if this best play we've ever seen in his career is partially incentive based. And I wonder if you structure a long term deal with a lot of incentives to make him keep him playing motivated. I don't know. I don't want to accuse him of. Not being motivated in Miami, but different situation, different coaching staff. 
change of scenery, sort of a last chance thing. I think all that can affect him. I think the incentives work when you have a prove-it deal. With the way that he's played, he could easily go to another team that will just give him the money versus the incentives. So I think they would have to give him a good amount of money to where he's comfortable and then add incentives that would give him more money. Um, but I, I don't think um, if you're thinking about paying him less and giving him incentives and the chance to earn it, yeah. he's going to work here. Yeah, okay. That's fair. Anyway, so I think these incentives are super interesting. I especially think the 2016 thing is interesting. But we will move on now. Talk about the AFC South playoff picture. We'll be right back. The Titans play the Raiders this weekend, who they are competing with for a wild card spot. They're also competing with the Steelers, who are still 7-5 and five somehow. I don't know why the Steelers won't just go away. But Mike Tomlin, coach of the year candidate, has the Steelers playing really well. Duck Hodges, or whatever the heck his name is, starting again this weekend. But the Titans won't need to worry about the wild card if they can take care of business. By that I mean beating the Houston Texans. I honestly think we might split that series. I hope we split that series um, because we could easily lose it as well. <laughs> um, but I'm just hoping because what if we lose? So if we win this game, we're eight and five, and then if we have the potential to go eight and eight, or we could go eleven and five, or we could go nine and seven. Right. So. Splitting with the Texans and ending up ten and six is probably a wild card route. Splitting with the Texans and ending up 9-7 and seven is probably out of the playoffs, and I would say most likely out of the playoffs. You would have, um, according to our buddy Mike Herndon at Mike Miracles on Twitter, 538 has the Titans' odds to make the playoffs at 42% right now with a 22% shot to win the division. And according to them, a win over Oakland would put them above 50% to make the postseason, where they have not been since week two. Thank you, Mike. Um, so that that's huge. This game against Oakland is huge for their playoff chances. Could put them above 50%. A loss, on the other hand, would be um, disastrous. They'd have to win out and hope for people to lose, and uh, including the Texans to lose. Texans obviously coming off a win against the New England Patriots, a huge win, keeping them in the division lead. And uh, it's really going to come down to those games against the Texans. I think that's... If they lose to New Orleans, they can easily make the playoffs by winning the other three games. Those will be three huge must-win games, but they, it's easily possible. If they sweep, if they win out, they're 100% in, no question. Obviously, they'll, they'll have a chance at the three seed if they can win out. And winning out's not impossible. I do think this game against Oakland is really interesting because if... I do think this game against Oakland is scary, potentially, because the, the Raiders are coming off two blowout losses. You know, one blowout loss, you're like, all right, that was just a bad effort, just a bad game, we'll regroup, we'll be okay. Two bad, lo- two blowout losses in a row? You are reassessing what you're doing, you're making some changes, you're figuring out where those problems are, and you're not making those same mistakes three games in a row. So the Titans, who are potentially going to be using game film of the last two games to try to exploit something in this Raiders defense or offense, Maybe facing, maybe preparing for something that they're not going to face anymore because the Raiders are going to be making changes. I guarantee it. This is the most dangerous time to play a team that isn't terrible. Is coming off two blowout losses, and the Raiders are not terrible. They're still competing for the playoffs. This is a must-win game for them. Traveling to Oakland in the afternoon slot. I'm not saying that I'm that we're, the Titans are going to not show up, and I'm fully bought back in 
on believing in this Titans team to not just come out flat and terrible. But that doesn't mean they're just going to win every game now. You know, this is going to be a really tough matchup. And I'll be honest, I'm scared of the Raiders. There are no easy wins in the NFL. I don't care who they are. Didn't I mean, granted it was the Jets, but they did lose to the Bengals, who were arguably worse. So And the Dolphins just beat the Eagles. I mean, you can't take any team or any game for granted. Oh, somebody's going to hit you in the mouth as soon as you drop your guard. So this is potentially one of those halftime adjustment games, just like last week. <laughs> when yep. they when they have a chance to see what Oakland's doing this week. Because I guarantee you things are not going to be the same as they were. Anyway, I think that'll do it for us on this show and probably this week. And we'll be back on Sunday night to recap that Raiders matchup. Any last thoughts heading out, James? Uh, Ryan Tannehill's going to throw for 400 yards, three touchdowns, and have one fumble. Um, Titans are going to be going into the first Texans game, um, eight and five, with a chance to really make a statement in the AFC South. Seize control. Uh, Seize control, and I am really excited to see this team. I'm 100% back in. Please don't break my heart. Please don't break my heart. Please, please, I just put it back together. Please. I won't be heartbreaking if they lose unless they look terrible, which I don't expect them to do. I mean, hopefully they got that all out of their system when they fumbled twice on one-play drives against the Colts. (laughs) Just don't, don't drop my heart, too. Yes, agreed. All right. Remember to go to wherever you listen to podcasts, search Music City Miracles, subscribe to our feed so you get all of our shows as well as MCM Radio with Jimmy and sometimes Terry. Jimmy's done a couple episodes uh, solo in a row, but I'm sure he and Terry will get back to it. Uh, Listen to that from earlier this week for a game recap. And uh, follow James on Twitter at South Texas Titan. You can follow me at Titans Film Room. We're full engage go on our Pro Bowl campaign here. We got to get these tweets up. We got to get these retweets up. Retweet everyone's tweets. Go find all the retweets, all the tweets with the hashtag Pro Bowl vote and the Titans players' names and retweet the heck out of them because every retweet counts as a vote. And during the final two days of the Twitter online part, every retweet will count as two votes. So let's go. Get out there and and help get these guys in, especially Derrick Henry. I mean, this guy's never been to a Pro Bowl. He deserves it. Brett Kern, come on. This guy's a pro bowler. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Better make this. (laughs) All right. Peace. I love you, Titan fans.